Welcome to Nadia Markets Insights and to Markets Weekly Finance Kick. Here we take a short recap of events in the past week before looking ahead into what's on the financial agenda for next week. And we discuss forecasts and potential market reactions. My name is Karina Larsen and with me today is our senior analyst Holger Sende. Welcome Holger. Thank you. This week off at various events, we had the third and last prudential debate between Trump and Clinton. We heard an anticipated speech from Draghi in ECB, and we got some important numbers from the US and UK to highlight some of the last week events. Or perhaps non-events, like from an economic point of view, what was most interesting or noteworthy, you think? I think it was uh, the inflation numbers from the US and the UK. We are seeing uh, rising inflation. And that's not so much because we have a big uh, momentum in consumer prices, but it's more because uh, last year energy prices fell steeply. So U.S. inflation is now back to 1.5%. And even if oil prices remain stable from here on, uh, the inflation rate is set to rise. So we expected uh, above 2% uh, already by end this year. That means uh, in a few months and uh, close to 3% afterwards. Uh, also in the in the UK inflation is rising and that's also due to to the weak pound so we are all so much uh, used to low inflation and to some it might come as a surprise that uh, inflation uh, is about to normalize and the same happens actually in the euro area but to a lesser degree because there are so many taxes in uh, in gasoline and, and fuel prices in Europe so the effect from uh, from the oil price is, uh, is smaller in the euro area, but also here inflation is set to rise. That I found uh, pretty interesting this mm-hmm. week. And it, it sounds like good news overall. Yeah, f- central banks will call it good news because mm-hmm. they have inflation targets close to two. Uh, consumers like low oil prices more, I mm-hmm, would say, in, right. in, in oil importing countries. I mean, in Norway, they like uh, high oil prices in the rest of the world. Mm the industrial world they mostly prefer low prices but all in all it's a kind of a, a normalization and you know what you have when inflation is mm. close to, closer to two percent uh, yeah yeah okay let's say overall it's good news okay so what about if you look at from a financial markets perspective last week events yeah maybe two things mm-hmm. uh, one is that the 10-year bond yield is back to zero it was below zero over a longer period of time. Then it rose in early October because we had this um, Bloomberg-induced tapering story, um, this idea that the ECB could be close to uh, reducing the asset purchases. Mm. Uh, now, we didn't hear anything new about that from the ECB, but the ECB dismissed that report earlier. So now uh, markets, bond prices have risen again. The yield is back to, to zero. Mm. And the dollar's also been moving a bit around. Yes, we see a, a significant dollar strength. One of my colleagues called the euro-dollar pair the most boring currency in the world <laughs> okay. uh, over many months. And now it's finally moving. Uh, euro-dollar is at uh, 109 today. Two weeks ago it was at 112. So it's a, it's a dollar strength. Uh, the euro is on a seven-month low uh, versus the dollar. Mm. So what do you think is the dollar's uh, strength like? What is the trigger here? Yeah, maybe maybe it's political and economic. Um, I mean, it looks like Clinton will become the next uh, U.S. president, mm. and that's probably good news for financial markets for um, stabilization. Or yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, you don't know what you get with Trump, and I mean, it's it's not over before it's over. So no. it's just speculation, but it's 
pretty well-founded speculation, I would say. Okay. And the other thing is um, the increasing impression that uh, the U.S. Fed uh, will hike rates later this year. Mm. Um, markets are currently pricing uh, around a 70% likelihood for December and some uh, 17% for November. Mm. We would consider November even less likely, but pretty likely that they do something in uh, in December. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that could also be behind the, the dollar strength. Okay. Uh, one of the things we highlighted in last week's uh, week ahead, and also we had a podcast earlier about ECB, that was the ECB meeting on Thursday. Um, some would argue that afterward it was generally described as pretty boring. <laughs> would you being our ECB expert here agree, or do you still find something interesting that from Draghi? Yeah, overall, pretty boring, I would agree. He held uh, his cards uh, pretty close to the chest and didn't let us look in. Uh, he, you know, in earlier times, Draghi had a few famous sentences like "whatever it takes" and uh, "we will, uh, we don't give up" and all that. And now he basically said, "We didn't discuss this and we didn't <laughs> discuss that." And markets were very volatile for a while when he said, "We didn't discuss an extension of the QE program." Then uh, bond prices fell, yields went up, and then he said, "Stopping QE without tapering." Uh, that's pretty unlikely, then the market recovered. But all in all, not much uh, has happened. So the, all the focus now is on the meeting on, on 8 December. Two interesting things maybe he said, or that was in the statement also. They said the ECB will continue to buy bonds until they see a sustained convergence of inflation towards the target. That was maybe not new, but he said that repeatedly. And sustained means, in our view, it's not enough that inflation rises due to the base effects that we discussed, mm-hmm. due to because energy prices fell last year. It should be core inflation. And he said there is not a con- there is no convincing uptrend in core inflation. That means inflation without uh, energy prices. So that is kind of a dovish indication that they need more than this rise uh, due to energy prices. And then the other thing was he said that twice. Um, the internal ECB committees, they are preparing a decision for December, but it will be the governing council to decide. Now, um, that should go without saying that it's the governing council who decides, but maybe it indicates that the, the committees in the ECB, so the, the experts, the economists and market specialists, they are coming up with a wide range of, uh, of proposals. And not all of that is uh, politically doable from the governing council's point of view. For example, the ECB could buy not according to the ECB's capital key. That would mean uh, buy less Germany and more Italy, something then that we consider pretty unlikely to happen. So, yeah, boring all in all, not much news. And now all the focus is on the next meeting uh, in early December. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, have you changed any of your forecast for that meeting on the? No, I, I think no. it. W- no, we didn't. I, I think it was a meeting where no one changed anything because mm. uh, you could take out of it whatever you want or nothing at all. Mm, okay. So, so we expect the ECB to uh, extend the asset purchases beyond March next year. So extend by six months and taper afterwards. Mm. And we don't expect any rate cuts anymore. Okay. Right. Let's turn to next week. Uh, What can we expect and uh, what do you think are the highlights here? Yeah, next week is a little bit uh, an in-between week. Um, We are after the ECB meeting and we are before the Fed meeting. That is uh, the week after on the 2nd November. Mm -hmm. And next week we get uh, Q3. GDP numbers, 
out of the US on Friday and out of the UK on Thursday. Uh, a very strong US reading might uh, add strength to the dollar mm -hmm. uh, if it increases um, the perceived likelihood of a rate hike in December or even in November. Again, we think um, November is unlikely because of the elections a few days yeah. later. Because otherwise the numbers had to be like crazy good. Is that? Yeah. 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 And still then one, I would argue, I mean, it's only GDP. It will be revised. I would put more stress and the Fed probably puts more stress on labor market numbers. Okay. And there yeah. we get the next, uh, actually after the next Fed meeting. Okay. Only. We expect um, two and a half percent annualized growth in the U.S., That comes after a weakish 1.4 in Q2. Bit stronger investment, bit more growth from inventory, bit slower private consumption. So all in all, um, uh, a strengthening of, uh, of the momentum. In the UK, by contrast, uh, we expect uh, slower growth, like 2.0.2 uh, or so over, over the quarter. Mm -hmm. So slightly lower. That is on US on Friday, UK on Thursday. Could we just like if we just turn to the to the UK? Could that affect the the pound even more if it's these numbers? Or? Yeah, it can, it can go both ways. Okay. I mean, in recent months uh, and weeks, uh, the US, uh, the UK economy surprised on the upside. Yeah. Uh, we think the the slowdown will come mm -hmm. also because of the the higher inflation, which should be a drag on on private consumption. Uh, it can go both ways yeah. for the pound. And they've got the euro area. Yes. There we have um, sentiment indicators on, on Monday, the purchasing manager indices, which we expect slightly up. And on Tuesday, the IFO index for Germany, that we expect a bit down, uh, basically not because the economy uh, has turned worse, but because in September the IFO increased uh, really a lot and we couldn't really explain it. And when you can't explain it, it's probably not sustainable. And one political thing in Spain, you know, they had two elections in Spain in last year in mm. December and then again this year, and they still no, don't have a new government. And they have until uh, 31st of October to agree on a new government, also mm -hmm. together with, with the king of Spain. And if they don't, there will be new elections on 18 December. Okay. So one week left for negotiations. Um, markets are... Not too worried about Spain um, for now because the economy is going okay. But okay. maybe that's something to yeah yeah to keep a half an eye on. Okay. So what about is there anything on the agenda in the Nordics? Interesting. Yeah, two uh, two central bank meetings. Uh, we don't expect anything from Norway's central bank. No hike, no cut, no anything. And now it's also pretty much in line with the consensus view. But. More importantly, we expect uh, new policy easing from the Swedish uh, Riksbank. Mm -hmm. we, we talked about higher inflation before, and uh, the opposite is happening uh, in Sweden. Infl inflation is moving in the wrong direction. Uh, it's going down, excluding ag energy prices to 1%, and it's going sideways, including energy prices. And... Um, We, and maybe even more, uh, the central bank uh, have been surprised on the downside. And we, uh, we think that that's just not something where the, the, the Riksbank can just do nothing. And uh, we changed our call a while ago on top of more asset purchases. We now also expect a rate cut from minus 0.5 to minus 0.6% in the, in the repo rate. So um, A pretty a strong move, I would say, because it's both a rate cut and an expansion of the asset purchases that we expect um, 
50-50 in nominal bonds and in inflation-linked bonds. Mm -hmm. um, if the Riksbank doesn't act, the krona could strengthen significantly, and that would would actually add to the to the disinflationary trend in Sweden. So we we clearly think there is um, easing coming on Thursday. Okay, right. Interesting. So we'd just like to sum it up. What will you anticipate or look out for next week in particular, like if you were an investor? Um, if you're an investor, uh, first for the majors, uh, look at US GDP on Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, we will also have a few uh, Fed speeches. And it's the last Fed speeches. I think it's uh, three or four speeches uh, before the silent period starts ahead of the FOMC meeting. If you are an investor in the Nordics, You might be interested in the uh, in the Swedish krona. Yeah. So uh, watch out for the um, for the Riksbank meeting. The decision will be uh, on Thursday morning. Okay. Right. Thank you, Holger. And if you'd like to keep updated on the global market situation, you can always visit us on nordeamarkets.com insights and emarkets.nordea.com where you can find all our research. And you can also meet us at LinkedIn and follow our analysts on Twitter. And remember, you can subscribe to our podcast so that you get them as soon as they're released. Stay tuned uh, for our next fresh podcast next week.